Welcome back, radio entrepreneurs, listeners, and fans. I'm producer Nathan Gobes, filling in for Jeffrey Davis this morning. I'm joined by two excellent co-hosts. Uh, I've got both Marks of the Radio Entrepreneurs fame here with me. Uh, Mark Z of Mark Z Legal Staffing and Mark Furman, Director at Tarlow Breed Hart & Rogers. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Nathan. Great to be here. Nice to be with you, Nathan. Looking forward to hearing from our next guest. My, me as well. Uh, our next guest is Dick Glovsky, partner at Locke & Lord. Welcome, Dick. Uh, thanks very much, Nathan. It's good to be here, and hopefully I'll make my mark today, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. Well, well Dick, uh, great, I'll hand Dick, it over to, to Mark. Thanks, Nathan. Great to have you on the show, Dick. And, um, you know, Mark and I um, are, are law firm junkies, and you really um, have a huge specialty in the employment world and a very well respected there. One of the, um, the big issues going on right now are the return to work issues facing all types of employers. And um, just in terms of balancing between the health of their employees and the rights of their employees. And just wanted to um, see if you could talk a little bit about that to our, our business audience. Happy to, and we probably don't have enough time to cover it all. But you put your finger mark on uh, an issue that every employer is dealing with today. <clears throat> and it's troubling many of them because the choices are not wonderful. Um, but you have edicts for those employers who have over 100 employees. Um, you have this edict from uh, the White House uh, about COVID and vaccinations and how every employee with few exceptions are to be vaccinated by January 4th. So for employers of 100 or more employees, and the de definition of employee is, is very broad, includes temporary workers, uh, part-time workers, seasonal workers, um, and it includes, and includes whatever locations they may be in. So if you have 100 or more employees, that's something you have to reckon with. And we can get into more detail about that if you'd like. Then, there are those employers who have 99 or fewer employees. And they also have issues to deal with, which are a little less um, defined, at least in terms of what President Biden has issued or the Department of Labor um, Occupational Safe and Healthy Administration has issued. But those employers have many of the same issues. And what a lot of folks don't realize in light of the publicity that has surrounded uh, the OSHA uh, mandate about vaccinations is that within that mandate, they also asked for public comment about whether the same requirements ought to extend to smaller employees. So there's a very good chance, in my opinion, that all employers are gonna be covered by something like that which uh, the OSHA mandate um, articulated. Now, having said that, what complicates the matter too is that there are at least 11 lawsuits going on in 11 different United States courts of appeals around the country. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, which most lawyers will tell you is the most conservative of all the, the circuit courts, has enjoined the issuance um, or the implication, the, the implementation of 
that mandate. So what does that mean? What that means is that within the confines of that circuit anyway, in which is only four or five states circuit, including states like Mississippi, it's binding. On the other hand, the rest of the country, one could argue, is not covered by that particular order. So and when you get to Massachusetts and New England, um, I think a lot of lawyers would say that does not necessarily, it does not apply here so that uh, employers here need to proceed. Now to make it um, hopefully more clear and less confusing for your listeners, um, the Biden administration has asked that the 11 cases be consolidated into one. And that apparently is going to happen. The deadline for that is on is November 16th. Oh, and, and there's a lottery that goes forth among the circuits as to which one will wind up with the case. And of course, there's one in 11 chances that it'll wind up back in the Fifth Circuit. But there are 10 of 11 chances that it'll wind up in another circuit. In the Fifth Circuit, two of the judges were Trump appointees. And the third was a Republican appointee. And if you believe, if you believe that um, the president who appoints the circuit court judges does so with the hope that they may side with his view of things, <clears throat> then um, I think you have to say that there's a uh, better chance, whichever other circuit may pick up the case or the cases, combined cases, that they may have a different view. Dick, this seems like an issue that is headed to the U.S. Supreme Court at some point in 2022 uh, for decision. What do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, in law likelihood, Mark. But of course, they don't necessarily have to take it. Um, so that remains to be seen. But yes, I don't think there's any question that whoever prevails in the um, circuit court, whichever one it winds up in, is going to be the appellee when losing side is the appellant and appeals that uh, ruling. So yes, this I think is going to go into um, 2022. Whichever circuit is selected, the Fifth Circuit had moved pretty quickly um, and they've had several hearings already. Uh, the circuit that gets the case I think is likely to move quickly as well but how quickly the Supreme Court were, uh, reacts to it, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if the circuit that is selected makes its determination before the first of the year, possibly even before Thanksgiving. Dick, here's, here's the issue though. And again, when you're, you're balancing, there are a lot of employees who are working remotely right now. So what's interesting, even in my business, we've had people that work remotely and they're saying, well, um, you know, I'm not coming into the office anyways, so why do I need to get vaccinated? And some employers are saying, well, there's a chance you will have to go to the um, office sometimes. And then you have other people who are saying, well, I have a religious exemption or I have a medical exemption. And so what are you advising clients? Because it's until some of these decisions are made, obviously it's great to have a decision, but it's also the enforcement. And a lot of employers are trying to like, read as they go or apply as they go. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. So uh, in, in the first instance, 
employers have to decide if an employee really needs to be in the office. I mean, there are many jobs, let's say factory jobs, for example, which you can't do remotely. And then of course, there are many jobs which you can do remotely. So one determination that employers have to make as a threshold matter is, can the employee do the job remotely or must the employee be in the workplace? The second question is, okay, if the employee is going to be in the workplace, then what is gonna be required? Most employers are now leaning toward and, and, and adopting uh, vaccination mandates. Now, generally speaking, because it varies somewhat from industry to industry or from federal contractor to uh, the general public, but um, generally speaking, there are a few exceptions that employers are required to pay attention to. So one is if someone um, has a disability, which they think would prevent them or, 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 or harm them uh, from having a vaccine. The second is if someone has a sincerely held religious belief. Those are the two primary and also uh, women who are pregnant. Uh, and what I'm seeing is a plethora of claims of religious belief exceptions, far more than I've ever seen. I've probably seen 50 of them in the last two weeks. Wow. And that's become an area of the law, which has largely not had a lot of attention over the years, but now is a real focal point for employment lawyers like myself and employee hers. And it's a relatively low bar right. for employees to get over to be able to claim they should be exempt. And we can get into that in more detail if you'd like, but that doesn't end it. Whether someone has a disability or, or a sincerely held religious belief, all that entitles them to is to have the employer consider and right. get into an interactive dialogue with the employee as to whether there's, there's an accommodation that will allow the employee to do the job without being vaccinated. Right. So that's the next step in the process. And it's not that if you have a disability that is applicable here, or you have, excuse me, a sincerely held religious belief that's applicable here, that's not the end of the discussion. The question is, can you accommodate the person reasonably to do the job without it being a quote unquote undue hardship on the business. So, so how would you accommodate uh, you know, someone who needs to be working in the workplace in person, um, but has a religious, sincerely held religious objection? What's an example well, of an accommodation? So Mark, it depends on what the, the person's job function is. So let's say it's an online factory worker you cannot accommodate them by working remotely because they just can't do, they have to be able to do the job with the accommodation. For a lot of employees, you can let them work remotely and it'll work. Right. If they have to be in the workplace, then it's a different context. And in that context, you have to, you have to consider the various measures such as masking, social distancing, testing. Um, under the Biden mandate, or strike that under the OSHA um, emergency issuance, um, 
you have seven days if someone's going to come into the workplace and they come in consistently they have to be tested every seven days or if they only come in occasionally they have to be tested within seven days of when they come into the office and if they test positive then you can exclude them from the workplace so you really have to look at what is the job function what does the job function require and then if you think you can accommodate them by working remotely or in some way being in the workplace, then you have to implement what you um, uh, think is appropriate for that employee to do in terms of keeping the workplace safe. Because the overriding principle is every workplace has to be safe and healthy. That's the, that's the overriding consideration here. And no employer wants to get into a situation where they're fined and can be substantial money, especially if they're if they ignore these requirements, it can be over $100,000 per violation. They don't want to be caught in a situation where they're allowing someone to come back into the workplace and it's creating a hazard for others and their health. Interesting. Thank you, Dick. It's a very interesting conversation. And obviously, it's an evolving topic that's going to continue to be something we need to talk about as, as we get you know closer to 2022 and, and into the next year. Um, if any of our listeners or viewers are interested in getting in touch with you and you know want to hear more, uh, what's the best way for them to reach you? Sure, Richard Lovsky G L O V S K Y at lock l o c k e l o r d dot com, or my office number is six one seven two three nine zero six two two is my assistance number. So maybe that's the easiest way to get me, or zero two four one, which is my number. Great. That was uh, Dick Glovsky, partner at Lock and Lord. Uh, I'll start with uh, Mark Z, Mark Z Legal Staffing. Mark, how can people reach you if they want to get in touch? Well, first of all, Nathan, I want to thank Dick for coming on the show today. Dick, he had a lot of great insight, which I know our listeners can really um, take to heart and, and will be really, really helpful for them. Um, I'm Mark, Mark uh, Z Legal. So if you go to www.markzlegal.com, M-A-R-C-Z-Legal.com, or Google just Mark Z, M-A-R-C, and the letter Z, there's 617-338-1300. Great. And of course, Mark Furman. Well, let me just first say that uh, I've had the opportunity to work with Dick, and he's an extremely capable, skilled employment lawyer. Uh, nobody knows uh, his world uh, better than Dick does, and it's a pleasure to work with. Um, I can be reached at either 617-218-2025 or at mfurman, F-U-R-M-A-N, at tbhr-law.com. Great. Thank you. And of course, uh, everybody can reach both of the marks uh, through radio entrepreneurs giving their regular uh, segments and updates on our show. Just head on over to radioentrepreneurs.com or find us on YouTube, Spotify, LinkedIn. Uh, we're on many different websites. Dick, want to thank you one more time for joining our show this morning. Thank you, Nathan. I appreciate it and I enjoyed it. Of course. And we're back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs. <laughs>